0: Real Golf Radio It's a reround Now on the tee Brian Taylor and Bob Casper Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones It's a reround On Real Golf Radio
1: Hey, welcome into the Mountain Land Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. Mountain Land Supply is your turf specialist with rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. And don't forget, we had uh, Mountain Land Supply on the show, and there are a lot of options for you right now, including free delivery anywhere in the state of Utah. So you can literally... Go online, you can text pictures of your yard, you can discuss with one of their associates exactly what you need for your sprinklers or otherwise, and they'll come deliver it to you. So uh, you can stay safe, keep your social distancing, and take care of your lawn while you've got some extra time right now. And that's all done at mountainlandsupply.com.
2: You want to hear something weird? Yes. I had a client that was looking for a house, and they were looking down in Monticello, Utah. And on maps, it showed Mountainland Supply. An office in Monticello.
1: There you go. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. That's why you go to their website and find the location nearest you. Very, very cool. All right. We appreciate you joining us. Hey, big announcements this week. If you're just, uh, just tuning into the show, we talked about it over the last two hours and we'll get you the highlights coming up over the next 60 minutes. But, um, basically what you need to know is the PGA tour announced that they will resume their schedule beginning June 8th at Colonial in Fort Worth, Texas. So, um, this is good news, okay? there There is some discussion and speculation, and you'll hear from some senior golf writers, including Jason Sobel and uh, Rex Hoggard. Both of them have varying opinions. Rex was a little more optimistic, Jason a little more pessimistic on whether or not June will actually happen, and I've talked to tour players who are, Maybe a little skeptical whether June's going to happen as well but uh Bob this this is good news at least put something out there give us something to look forward to give the players something to work towards and, and rather than just sitting here wondering and being in limbo huh yeah it
2: it puts a goal or a benchmark out there into the future you know six seven eight weeks and allows these guys to start working towards something like that whether it's um practicing outside, whether it's practicing inside, whether it's just taking the time off to recharge your batteries, doesn't really matter. It's just that it gives us a focus towards moving towards a direction. And I think one of the things that uh, we heard from Jason Sobel in, in hour one, one of the things he said is that it would be really cool for golf to be the sport that comes back first. Um, in this whole time and situation of the the crazy virus.
1: I completely agree with that, by the way. I think it's golf's opportunity to lead out on this. We have the venue. We have the, as far as being outdoors rather than inside of an arena or a stadium, there there really is, um, uh, social distancing is Part of the sport, essentially, yes. right? I mean, if you consider going out in twosomes, you know, yep. or even threesomes at the max, and being able to stay six feet apart, and you know, you're not sharing the same equipment, you know, like you would in another sport where a ball is changing hands, for instance. So, yeah, there is a lot of reasons why golf could be the, the the sport to lead out, and and how good would it be to have for the sport? To be the only live event on. Everyone's tuned in to watch something. Hey, they'll take it, right? I mean, look at the silly things we've chosen to watch during this time. And I don't mean to throw golf into the silly things, but there are those that are, that are sports fans that don't necessarily consider golf one of their viewing options. Now, those of you listening to the show, probably hardcore golfers, and you're like, hey, what's up? Well, well, yeah, of course we do, but in a grow the game effort, which, you know, we're all trying to stabilize, not necessarily grow the game, but I I would submit that golf has played a huge role in providing a distraction and a relief during this time. If you can get out and play some golf right now, which most of the country is allowing some golf. I don't know about, well, I think most of the country is allowing some golf and you can get out and, and, and take a relief from this, uh, isolation that's playing a part it. So look at the ways that golf can also, you know, help not only in the midst of it, but start bringing us out of it with providing an entertainment.
2: You know, and another thought just came to me, how are they going to go about this? We know that there's not going to be, you're talking about social distancing. We know there's not going to be any people or any fans on the golf course watching these first four tournaments when they come back June 8th through 14th to, uh, what, July 2nd through 5th. But it's going to be interesting to see individually in each group how things transpire. Are they going to have a walking person that that does the raking of the bunkers, kind of like they do Reminiscent in Those, the British Open. Yeah, I love that. That way, you don't have guys touching, uh, touching different rakes and all that kind of thing. Um, are they going to make the guys putt with the flag in, um, or are they going to allow them to take it in and out? it's just going to be interesting to see how this all works out.
1: Hmm. Well, those are some things and questions that will have to be answered and, uh, situations figured out as, as we move forward. But, uh, the, the good news is, is that there is a schedule. We'll talk about that coming up, uh, as we, uh, unfold what we've experienced over the last two hours. So if you're just joining us, you're in luck. We're going to give you the highlights uh, coming up right now. But first, before we kind of go into a breakdown of the schedule, we're going to jump right in with Boyd Summerhays. Uh, had a chance to visit with him and talk with him about you know how players are preparing including Tony Finau and uh with a local angle I thought this was uh, really appropriate to get started and it's brought to you in part by Zion's Bank we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business here's our conversation with Boyd Summerhays Boyd how are you man hey I'm doing great thanks for having me on Brian Bob yeah it's uh, it's good to visit with you I guess first of all how's the family doing everybody well and healthy
3: yeah we're doing good you know we um I think just like everybody else just uh the uncertainty, you know, just trying to do our part, just do the social distancing thing and make the best of it. And, you know, the first few weeks has actually been, uh, you know, I, I think it's however you want to look at. It. I think this is affecting everybody. Obviously it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's hurting, you know, people in a lot of different ways, whether it's the health, the economics, um, emotionally, mentally, it's a difficult challenge for, I think almost every single person in, in our country and in our, throughout the world. And, I think for us, we're just trying to you know, hang out as much as we can together, enjoy it. You never know when our next break's ever going to be. I, I know just <laughs> for me for professionally, you know, I, I was working pretty hard and sun of the down for, you know, eight, nine years teaching. And so I am trying to just, you know, try to recharge the batteries, hang out with the kids and, and do some things that, that I would never have time to do. So um, we're just trying to, uh, you know, make the best of it for sure.
2: You know, the last time we were going to talk to you was uh, the week of the Players Championship. Yeah, uh, the the tour only played one day, and then yeah. and then they canceled, and you had to get up to uh, to the Augusta area to go to pick up your yeah. son. He played in he played in the Sage Valley. Is junior or amateur? Yeah, Behind the Sage Valley Invitational. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's one of the biggest and, uh, junior tournaments in the world. Yeah. And he did pretty good. Um, yeah, but, uh, what, what was that like with, with everything coming down all at once and you, you know, your stuns up there playing?
3: Well, yeah, I, you know, Sage Valley is a very exclusive club. So the 52 players that were invited to it were all on property. They were never allowed off property. Parents were only allowed to go watch the rounds and they had to leave right after the round was finished. So they were quarantined pretty good there. So they made the decision to finish the last two rounds. And so um, I think they were the only tournament really going on uh, and sporting event uh, going on in the world. And uh, it was eerie though, because you just didn't know whether you should be doing it, not be doing it. No one really know, knew. Right. So, but um, that, that's the last time Preston's played in, in a tournament and Grace hasn't played a tournament for, you know, three weeks before that, cause they did start to cancel some uh, of the girls events in California in early February, mid February. So, you know, definitely, uh, it it is different for my kids and I think the tour pros or just people in general, just it's, I think it's a lot easier to work hard when you know something's in front of you, whether it's a big tournament, a major championship coming up or your summer scheduled junior golf tournaments. But you know, we're trying to be creative and try to set some goals and how to stay a little bit excited to make some improvements during this, because it is harder when you don't have something in front of you as far as schedule wise and even the tour guys, when they say they're going to start June 8th, who knows, right? So that's, we're hoping for that, but it could be, that could be altered again. So, um, it is hard to stay focused and and push forward. and, And I think everyone's having that same challenge.
1: Boyd Summerhayes joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So, uh, did Tony Finau? Did he come to you with uh, with with some looking for some tips, some drills, uh, something to prepare him for all the TikToks that we've seen on social media? <laughs>
3: Man, he's really good at that. I know Elena got really into it, and then uh, you know Tony's you know comes from a, definitely a performance background with his his mom and his family and with music and dance and, and stuff. So I guess he's a natural at it, but uh, he's had some pretty good videos that have gone viral. So, um, yeah, they're enjoying that. But, yeah, he, I'm sure he'll be um, excited to get back to the golf. But right now he's done some nice videos, him and his wife. So, yeah, th- that's been fun to see for sure.
2: Yeah, and I've seen him doing some workout videos outside in his backyard and that kind of thing too. How do these guys – you were talking about having, having these these guys need to be motivated, keep motivated to uh, for when the potential of, of – playing is coming back. What are some of the things they're doing, especially some of your guys? Are, are they, are they doing, are they working inside on simulators and track man? Are they outside uh, hitting balls yeah. at, at a, at a club or something like that? What are they doing to help them be in top shape when this thing kicks off again in June, if it does?
3: Yeah. Each of the players is treated a little bit differently. You know, um, you know, Tony, he, he has taken the time off for sure. He hasn't really done anything. He might, you know, he's been, he's been at home and just, he's definitely been working out and staying in shape. But I think from his standpoint, I mean, he turned pro at 17 <clears throat> anyone that's played the mini tours when you really are just trying to pay play ch- paycheck to paycheck. I mean, he grinded for six, seven years before he even got on the corn Ferry tour. And then you know, he won on the corn Ferry tour, got on tour, but for seven years, I mean, he has worked super hard. He played a heavy schedule his first three or four years. And, and even, Up until last year, he just played a lot, you know, played in the Ryder Cup, Presence Cup, contended in in so many major championships. And it just takes its toll, right? And he's got four young kids. I just think that he's using this as a nice break to physically, emotionally, and mentally, you know, spiritually recharge. And and it's been good to see him just take that time off. Um, A couple of uh, my other guys, uh, Scott Harrington took 17 years to get to the PGA Tour he's kind of trying to stay sharp and stay, stay ready in Arizona. You can be outside and on the golf courses, but he has his story that people know pretty well is that his wife, you know, has recovered from cancer, uh, recovered from cancer, but he has to be really careful about how much contact he comes in with people too, because of that. So um, he's been playing a little bit, but all on his own and, and um, just kind of just going on doing his thing for a little bit and sending videos and, and I'll, I'll look at him and give him some some help. And then I have seen him a couple of times and it, it is different to teach a lesson where you aren't his hands on. You know, you just literally are keeping that six foot, you know, distance and you're just watching him hit balls and talking through things and then wind them. You know, he's, he's anxious to, you know, stay sharp. He was playing good when the season kind of ended. So, everyone's doing a little bit differently and I think it's different for each uh, player's cases. I mean, Tony's, this, will, this is his seventh year on tour, and he is a veteran. He's He knows he's he got a great game, and he's using this just to recharge his batteries. And then the other, you know, Wyndham and Scott, have, they're, you know, rookie and second-year players on tour where, you know, they're maybe a little bit more um, anxious to stay a little bit more sharp. But uh, I think once the tour schedule gets a little closer, I I'd prefer the guys just take the break. My kids have just taken the break, you know, get away, I don't know when the next time my kids they they grind hard. They love the game. they They play so many days of the year, of sun sundown. You know, I've just encouraged them to take the time off. We're all trying to get in better shape. We build a you know g- uh, workout area in our in our garage. We have practice you know opportunities here at our house, backyard and and indoor practice areas, but really, just take the break, do some things that you haven't been able to do. Um, I've been doing some stuff around the house, I, you know, just things that I haven't been able to do. And we're all trying to get in better shape because that is something that you should come out of this, you know, a little healthier physically. And I could, I could definitely stand to do that. That will help me a lot. And my kids too, get stronger and, and come out of the break, uh, ready to go on another long run because man, w- with this game and the way the tour schedule works and these junior golf schedules, they're intense, they're tough on the body and the mind. And So we're just trying to use this break to recharge the batteries.
1: I love that you're saying we should come out of this healthier. I, I'm with Phil Mickelson when he said I could see it going one of two ways, and it's definitely yeah. going the the other way for me. But uh, yeah, I, setting some goals that that's the key. Uh, without goals, it just becomes uh, yeah. crumble cookie runs and uh, you know ice yeah. cream ice cream shakes and things. But hey, Boyd, um, what do you think when these players get back? This is going to be a different kind of schedule. It's obviously compacted. Yeah. You know that they're, they're maybe with 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 some of the events being canceled and now you look at i'm gonna keep throwing out john deere for instance you know a lot of guys would be skipping john deere because they'd be across the pond getting ready for the the open championship the following week with that not being the case although memorial does follow john deere um do you expect that it's going to be a challenge for some players to now have to adjust their schedule? Cause it seems like a, especially, I mean, athletes maybe in general, but maybe even more specifically golfers tend to be creatures of habit and now, and yeah. they like to plan ahead and now they're kind of being thrown a, you know, these, these audibles, uh, is that going to be a, a challenge that's different than what they're used to?
3: Oh, I think so for sure. I think you'll see a lot more guys play at John Deere or just in general play. Right. And I think, The way the schedule stacks up and and how intense it's going to be with, you know, everything coming at the end of the season, the playoffs, and then quickly coming up with, you know, PGA, U.S. Open, and the Masters all, all going through the end of, you know, into November. I mean, I think guys are going to want to play at places they hadn't played before, even if it doesn't necessarily suit their games, but just to get sharp again because a lot of, this could end up being a three-month break for some guys. And there are some guys, like Justin Rose, I don't even know. I think he's something like 190 on the FedEx. Uh, You'd have to correct me if I'm way off, but there's some guys that weren't really even playing a ton, waiting to kind of go on their little run in their schedule, right? Absolutely. And so it is is very weird for some of these players that are great players that are kind of even outside the FedEx Cup playoffs that they're going to be playing wherever they can. Even if they don't necessarily like the course or it doesn't fit their game so and that that presents an interesting challenge too for the rookies on tour that mm. they have their numbers and usually in the summer they're getting in all the events I mean there's just a lot of logistics and a lot of challenges for for everyone right so a lot of those players that got their tour cars through the corn Ferry um, they're trying to get in an events and normally in the summer the heat of the summer they're getting almost all every event and now uh, you'll see some great great players play it tournament sites that they hadn't played before because they need the reps and they want the reps and they need to get ready for the playoffs and the major championships coming starting in August and September and November. So yeah, it'll be really interesting.
1: All right, that was Boyd Summerhays joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. Really appreciate Boyd for taking some time. This segment brought to you in part by Siegfried and Jensen, 801-222-2222. Siegfried and Jensen. Short break. More Real Golf continues next. Our conversation with Jason Sobel, senior writer for the Action Network, joins us next right here on Real Golf Radio. sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember.
5: The first tee can teach young people
4: how to hit a driver or how to stop a ball out of a bunker. but true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course, by how well they use values like confidence, perseverance, and integrity okay. in their daily lives. The first tee helps young men and women become better golfers. But even more important, better people. On, Get involved. Visit thefirsty.org.
1: Never wonder how the Salt Lake Bees baseball field looks so good? The award-winning Bees Grounds crew turned to Mountainland Supply for their turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? Well, when you need irrigation products for your lawn that you can trust, Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe, parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Want to feel the need for
6: speed on the golf course? Come into Uinta Golf and check out the new Cobra Speed Zone Drivers, Fairways, Irons, and Hybrids. The new King Speed Zone Driver and King Speed Zone Extreme Driver has been designed to go as fast and straight as possible. New Speed Zone King SC is Cobra's first-ever carbon fiber iron line that delivers maximum speed, power, and forgiveness. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new Cobra Speed Zone Series golf club. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's a Reround
0: on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here in the Mountainland Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. It's the official Rainbird golf irrigation supplier in the state of Utah. If you want your lawn to look as good as your favorite golf course, then shop or the pro shop at Mountainland Supply. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. And uh, as we mentioned, going to break, uh, opportunity to visit with uh, Jason Sobel. He's a great guy. Uh, We had some fun reminiscing his hole-in-one from a year ago, the day after the Masters when we were playing in the same group. Palmetto and in, in aiken georgia a really cool golf course and uh, jason hits a, a shot by the way bob he did say that he took the same line as yours uh, yes I, I beg to differ yours start took- yours left the club face and headed directly for the flag his <laughs> started about 20 yards right of the hole and hooked in there and somehow found the cup so there you go yeah
2: well <laughs> i think i hit a six iron he hit a five wood wood <laughs> but it went in it and was, I got beat by an ace because I made two.
1: <laughs> oh man. So crazy. All right, here he goes. Jason Sobel right here on real golf radio. Jason, what's up, man? What's up, fellas. Good to talk to you again. How you guys doing? Good. And happy anniversary of the ace. That was uh, this hey. week, a year ago, huh? This week, a year ago. I,
7: I never even would have thought about it except Teddy Greenstein and the, uh, The fourth member of our foursome that time at uh, Palmetto uh, tweeted out the video of it. So, I got a nice little reminder in in my uh, Twitter feed about it.
1: (laughs) What do you mean you wouldn't have thought about it? Are you serious? That was your first hole-in-one. I'm not sure I would have thought about
7: the actual anniversary, though. You know what I've done with the ball, guys? I've done something really special with the ball. Okay. It's sitting on my nightstand right next to all my like my wallet and my watch and i still haven't done anything with it That's exactly
2: what I've done with. <laughs> you don't have it in a little 3 prong thing or up in a little shadow box nothing huh as
7: soon as i got home that day i said okay i'm getting a little trophy for this i'm gonna like put it up somewhere it's gonna be great and what happened was actually because every time you know i get done playing and i'll have a ball in my pocket and get home and throw a ball in my nightstand when i get in take all the stuff out of my pockets and Uh, At one point I had about a dozen balls sitting there. I go, oh no, I'm not sure which one it is. And I, I went through them all and I figured it out. So I at least have identified the ball. But I uh, still just sitting there and
1: doing nothing. Hey, just go ahead and ride on it. I mean, that's what I did with mine. I've only had one. Put the date on it, um, and uh, and then at least you'll you'll know. Hey, you know what? I I imagine that you were probably in that camp that couldn't resist giving Phil Mickelson a bad time for his leap in two thousand and four upon that putt falling on the seventy second <laughs> hole. Let me tell you what, something, uh, buddy. Uh, you got some air and you jumped. I mean, I. I I had adrenaline too. I don't know how I caught you, but you 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 had a good you had a good vert coming right at me, and uh, when when that ball went <laughs> in the hole, man. You Brian are a little bit
7: bigger than me. Not <laughs> a much, lot bigger. A little bit bigger than me. I almost got you down. I, I almost. I, I had some, uh, some force and velocity coming at you.
1: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I just that remember so seeing fun. Jason's eyes. He turned around and he goes, who am I coming at? I'm like, all right. It's like apparently I'm the guy. And just, just full on <laughs> and, yeah, and you
7: guys, and Bob, I, I know you remember this. Because in the video that Teddy sent, as I'm walking up to the green, you see a ball that's two feet past the hole. And Bob, yep. that, that was yours. You almost aced it like right before me. I mean, literally 10 seconds before me, you went up first. You almost knocked it into two bounces, one just past the hole, and then I hit it on the exact same line that went in. Um, it easily could have been reversed, but it's pretty cool that the video shows a ball. I mean, that wasn't someone chipping up and trying to make a par. That was your yep. tee shot right there. And as you said afterwards, never lost with a kick in two.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I,
2: I, I was going to say that. I made a kick in two, and I lost
4: the hole. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's awesome that was a fun that was a fun fun round and obviously add a hole in one to it but that was now, that's a pretty special place. I mean, that golf course has been around a long time, and and it's that. Those are the kind of things, really, that you know. To be honest, that I miss. I mean, we we were just talking before we came on the air that you know that you're out playing a little bit of golf, and we've been able to get out and play some golf out here in Utah as well, which is great. And you do it with the safety standards. But it, while that is therapeutic, one of the things that is cut out is the clubhouse is closed. There's no sitting around and talking about your round, and the just the social aspect of the game is is really really important. I mean, the recreation and the competition and the challenge and all of that is great, but, uh, the, man, without the social uh, part of it, to me, it's, it's really missing, and I think we're all longing for some sense of normalcy for that as soon as possible.
7: I agree. Uh, it's the worst thing that happens for the likes of us who are still playing golf right now, and most of the country uh, can't play golf, is that we can't socialize and have a beer with the guys after a round. I, I, it's really not the worst thing. It's a pretty easy sacrifice for us just the fact that we can get out there and a lot of people can't right now. But again, like you said, be safe, you know, you, you stay away from people, you don't touch anybody else's stuff, you you can sanitizer, leave the flag sticks in, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's a pretty safe activity. I mean it's safer than going to the grocery store. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. So you know, if you if we'd have been playing this year and you made the hole in one, I would have to go all Lucy to your Charlie Brown with the football if you came flying oh, at me. Just in the you know, just for social distancing purposes, I'd had to let you fall.
7: I mean, that might be the best thing about this. If we went back this year and and one of us, I won't say me, but one of us made a hole in one. I mean, you can't even high five. Actually, I was in a group with a guy two weeks ago, a good friend of mine, who made a hole in one. I mean, literally, it was just elbow bumps. I mean, it just—it
8: was
7: yep. kind of anticlimactic at the end of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, go hug a you tree. <laughs> know, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of weird things and a lot of a lot of crazy things we haven't seen golf in a long time on the PGA Tour. You know, after the first round of the of the uh, the players, we we've missed uh, the match play. We've missed the Masters. But now it looks like we have a revised schedule starting in June, if uh, if that comes to pass, that runs through the Tour Championship. Your thoughts so far?
7: You know, guys, I was cautiously optimistic when the schedule came out. And then uh, earlier on Thursday morning, they, uh, they had a conference call for some media guys with a couple of uh, PGA Tour executives. And I came away from it almost a little more pessimistic than I was before. And I, I almost wish that instead of promoting the schedule as, here it is, here's what we're doing, and here's how we're going to move forward. I wish the PGA Tour said, here's our plan. Look, we have no idea if the plan is going to come to fruition. Uh, We don't know if we'll be ready to play golf in two months, but here is at least a plan for what we might be able to do if we can play golf. I think that would have softened it just a little bit because speaking with those executives, boy, there are a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of fluidity still. Um, quite quite honestly they, they didn't have answers to a lot of the questions that are out there a lot of the questions that any of us would ask uh, is there going to be mandatory testing for players caddies officials anybody that's on site the answer is yeah we'd like to but you know obviously the testing uh, priority is for those who really need it those who are sick and those who are in hospitals and those on the front lines who are helping to fight this right now and not for golfers and You know, my follow-up question was, well, if if you're able to do testing and somebody tests positive, what does that mean? Does that player have to self-isolate in the city that's not his hometown for the next two weeks? Does the entire tournament field have to isolate because they might have been exposed to that player? And really, they didn't quite have answers for that? that. It's okay. I mean, we're still two months away. They don't have to have every answer for everything right now, but it still seems like a lot is up in the air right now.
1: So with that said, do you expect or not expect to see golf at Colonial?
7: It's a great question. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm probably less than 50-50 right now. I mean, honestly, guys, there, there's a 14-day quarantine period for anybody entering the state of Texas right now. So if that's not lifted by the beginning of June, I don't see any way how they can play at Colonial just because, you can't expect PGA Tour players and caddies to arrive two weeks in advance of the tournament, sit in their hotel rooms, and wait until the tournament starts. That that doesn't seem like a feasible plan. So, if the quarantine is not lifted by then, I am not sure how you start with an event in Texas.
3: That's
1: yeah, interesting. All right. Well let let's let's just assume this is one of the questions I want to entertain. Let's assume it does happen. Um, mm-hmm. The one of the things I find intriguing is the uh, John Deere Classic, for instance. Let's just see. I mean, it could be any number of events, but this one stands out to me because typically it's the week before the Open Championship. Most of the big names have already gone across the pond. They're acclimating. They're getting used to Lynx Golf, and there's a few that are hanging on, trying to qualify or, or do what they can and then take that charter over. So... I, I look at this and I think, okay, everyone has been quarantined, everybody has been sidelined, and everyone's anxious to get out and play. Maybe from a knock the rust standpoint, to I'm anxious for some competition. To I have sponsor obligations to try to get my bag uh, logos and hat logos and shirt logos out on TV. All of those types of things. And then there's also, hey, I need to get some FedEx Cup money. Brooks Kepka's 213 and right points, now on the FedEx yeah. Cup points. So um, from from that standpoint, it makes me think that a John Deere suddenly has the field equivalent of the Memorial, which is the following week. And, and I wonder, one, that's exciting for the event, but the ramifications of that for the, those with lesser status could also be interesting in the fact that they might not get into you know, many events uh, with, the, with this type of schedule.
7: There are a whole lot of repercussions and ramifications. I tend to think that the elite players are going to play a schedule similar to what they would have played anyway, because you've got to remember, from the start of, and again, this is ideal situation. Everything gets played as is scheduled right now. From the first round of the PGA Championship to the final round of the Masters, it's 101 days. In that span, we've got three majors, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and, oh, by the way, a Ryder Cup in that span. That's a lot of golf, a lot of important wow. golf for these players. So I, I just don't think that because there was a three-month, suspension of play from the PGA Tour that all of a sudden Rory and Brooks and Tiger and John Rahm and everybody else is going to show up at Colonial and Town and the John Deere just because they're itching to get out and play. I, I tend to think that these guys are still going to pick and choose their spots. Now, you might still have better fields for the John Deere than you would have before because there's no open championship the week after. I, I think that's uh, pretty much undeniable, but I, I still don't think it's going to be quite as good as a Memorial type of field.
6: Mm.
2: Interesting. Right. You know, the Wyndham, you, the Wyndham is, is now placed between the PGA championship and the Northern Trust, which is the first round of the playoffs. They've there's, there's one that a lot of those guys that are on the fringe are going to get in that event or um, because not many of the, the top players are going to have to worry about that coming off the PGA and then going to the Northern Trust a week, well, a week and a half later.
7: Yeah. uh, You know, and it's something the PGA tour is looking into who would lose their cards, who would gain their cards from the corn ferry tour. There's been mention of sort of a hybrid type of uh, promotion relegation deal where, you know, maybe some of the guys would kind of lose their cards and some of the guys from the corn ferry would kind of gain their cards, but not completely and totally for the 2021 season. And again, that all remains to be seen. And those questions being unanswered, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, that is further down the line. We're yeah. going to figure it out at some point. Uh, and you know what? I mean, I was talking to another player about this earlier today, and we were talking about, man, it's a shame for the Corn Ferry guys who are trying to get their cards this year. They might have to play the Corn Ferry for one more year instead. I, I tend to think that you know, there's so much going on in the world right now. If that's the worst thing, if that's the thing as a golf fan that's bothering you the most, it's it's probably not that bad, quite honestly. And, and I hate to say it like that. I hate to uh, lose the sense of importance that it might have for these specific players. But quite honestly, uh, at, at some point it will all come around. At some point, if you're good enough, you will make it out on the PGA Tour. And if you're not, then you
1: won't. All right, that was Jason Sobel joining us here on Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you in part by Hoops Vision. Go to hoopsvision.com. Look, elective surgeries are canceled right now, but at Hoops Vision, you can go on their website at hoopsvision.com and you can schedule your free consultation, right? So, uh, when talking to Dr. Hoops, and we play a lot of golf together, He's expecting that when this opens up and hopefully sooner than later, he's going to be slammed. And so, if you're wanting to get your eyes done, you're going to want to get in line, if you will, save your place, do your consultation uh, online, and uh, again, when you do sign up, mention Real Golf Radio, and you'll save $1,000 off your procedure. How good is that? 1000 yep. bucks, just like that. So, go to Hoops Vision on HoopsVision.com. Alright, we'll take a short break. When we come back, our conversation with Rex Hoggard. We'll see what he has to say regarding the new schedule and what he's hearing from Orlando as we continue right here on Real Golf Radio. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoop's Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy Reshape your golf game at Uinta Golf with the new TaylorMade Sim
6: Family. The new Sim Shape and Motion Series is here, featuring the Sim, Sim Max, and Sim Max D-Type drivers, fairways, and rescues. Sim woods have been reshaped to increase your distance and swing speed, while the Sim irons are made so you no longer have to compromise distance and feel. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new TaylorMade Sim Series golf club. Now at Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's a reround
0: on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper.
1: All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio, the mountain land supply hour of the show here on 1280 the zone. Thanks for tuning in every Saturday morning, 6 to 9. Follow us on Twitter at Real Golf and social. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, at Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you in part by Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. We had an opportunity to catch up with Rex Hoggard, senior golf writer for Golf Channel, and uh, get his take on this new schedule. Do you think we're going to be playing, seeing the PGA Tour players uh, June 8th at Colonial? Well, the night before they announced on Thursday, I talked to a member of the
8: pack, and they're very optimistic about this. And a lot of things go into that. I think, first and foremost, they just Play the first four events without fans, and I think that's going to be a huge advantage for their part because that's half the worries, right? Then they don't have to worry about half the, the amount of people. And the other part of this is, is they've got time on their hands. And when the officials from the PGA Tour held a press conference earlier this week, and they talked about things that they need to do, the things that need to be in place before they can have this event, and really testing is what this boils down to. And they feel like that looking ahead two months you know, a couple of weeks, they'll have that testing and they'll be able to send just not just players, but also some sort of symbols of TV personalities and, and TV and media and everything else that goes into it. And, and they'll be able to pull that off.
2: Well, will they be, will they be taking temperatures and testing and all that kind of thing at each event?
8: Well, right now it seems like that's what has to happen. So I think if you look at the landscape right now, that testing is still very much uh, it's a controlled environment and you don't want to have any testing outside of really what's essential for health. However, looking ahead, again, two months, they feel like that enough testing will be available that they will be able to test players and caddies and officials, everything else that goes into this. And the way it was explained by officials earlier this week is, look, they would get tested when they got off the plane. They would get tested when they got off course. They would get tested, of course, and they really want to make sure that They want to be the first back. Everyone wants to be the, every sport wants to be the first sport back. But you don't want to be the sport back where there's a problem. So you're going to go out of your way to make sure this is as safe as possible. And I think the tour is doing a very good job. And keep in mind, this is just, you know, a a dart on the board when it comes to calendar. And they've decided to pick this date and they hope that this point that they'll be able to do that. However, it is a very real possibility that. In three or four weeks, you and I could be sitting having this exact same conversation because I think as the situation evolves, they're going to continue to adjust.
1: Rex Hogger, Golf Channel, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So let's just assume that it does move forward. What are the, I guess, storylines or what is most uh, intriguing to you about how the schedule lays out at this point?
8: Right now, it's amazing that you could come up with a scenario where, and I asked this specific question to uh, tour officials this week that they come up with something close to a complete season and keep in mind that when all is said and done right now if we do start at that you know that June 8th day colonial that you lose about 25 percent of the season so it would be 36 of them and they feel like that's a viable season and we can get to the tour championship in Atlanta and we could have a conclusion even with one major championship played in the season I mean keep in mind the way the schedule is going to work out so that means we're going to have six major championships in the next season, but they still feel like it's a viable season, and I I think I agree with that. I think that you can look back and you can say yes, enough golf has been played that if we if we got a FedEx Cup champion in September at East Lake, that yeah, I could see that.
2: So how does that how does that affect all the players? Not only the marquee players, the top players. Um, that are that are high in the FedEx Cup points, or some of them aren't so high, like uh, Brooks Kepka and and uh, Ricky Fowler and some of the other guys. How does it affect everybody concerned with being able to possibly make it into the the playoffs, as well as uh, the keeping it keeping their cards?
8: Well, keeping the cards going to be an interesting question because I think what happens in this gets really into inside baseball. But when you look at what happens in the Corn Ferry Tour. And I think right now you're looking at a situation where, and I've heard this referred to as a mega season, where you count what happened on January of this season all the way through to the end of next year, and that would be the Corn Ferry Tour. So now all of a sudden we're not talking about guys being promoted to the next level. Therefore, you wouldn't have relegation down to the next level. So I think tours really having to consider right now, is the idea that even if you can have a PGA Tour season that runs through something close to the Tour Championship, you can consider it viable. I don't know if we can get in the same routine of relegation and guys getting promoted and guys getting demoted onto the Ferry Tour. I just don't see how that's possible, simply because of the things you just pointed out. The bigger issue here is players are, are required by, by Tour regulations to play 15 events. There mm-hmm. are certain players right now that aren't even close to that. So you're going to have to come up with a scenario where if you don't give them the opportunity to play 15 events, you can't punish them. So you just mentioned a lot of different names. Brooks Koepka being the one that stood out to me. No, you, you couldn't punish a player like that just because, A, he hasn't played a heck of a lot this season, and, B, he probably hasn't played his best golf.
1: Rex Hogger Golf Channel, joining us here. So I was thinking about this. You know, it's been a month or so, and – I told Bob, what were the storylines that we were following, that we were excited about before this interruption, and which of those will carry over? into the extended part of this season, what what stands out to you? Is it that Tiger was out and skipping some events like Bay Hill and the players, and we wonder how his health? You mentioned Brooks Kepka, who had obviously some, some challenges with his game coming back from injury. Jordan Spieth, his game was still in question. But then guys like Rory were in form. So what of those stories kind of, uh, I guess, still are intriguing that you're anxious to see how they play out?
8: Well, Tiger – and I think it was great today when the schedule came out. Or, I mean, again, earlier this week, and we you start kind of filling in the pieces. And, and Tiger doesn't play uh, a whole lot of these events. Something on the schedule, and then Memorial is one that stands out. And you have the see in Memphis, that's obviously one. But there's not a, a lot of those events that he plays. So you would imagine that if and when we get started in June, that he's going to have to add some events he's never played before. But so there's a scenario where, or has only played once or twice. There's scenarios where he could play Colonial or Hilton Hicks or something like that. And so that's intriguing to me. And, and, and Brooks Koepka, yeah, what we we talked about. I mean, if anyone needed to hit the pause button at this point in the season, it, it was Brooks. And I think this is probably going to help him both phys- physically because I think he was still dealing with some injuries from last season and mentally. I mean, his game closure wasn't where he wanted it to be. So I think that's probably one of the big things to help out. And then the third thing that stands out is there was something called the Premier Golf League that we we're talking a lot about and <laughs> it, it was, it was dominating the headlines. And now all of a sudden, we're not mentioning it at all for obvious reasons, but yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's going to come back up eventually.
2: You know, it's kind of interesting um, about all this and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but 20,019 to 20,020 um, that whole wraparound season, only one major championship. And then we're going to go into 2020 and 21 and we're going to have six majors
8: a good problem, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool when you think about it. <laughs> you got to love well, it, huh? It, you do. And we were doing a show earlier this week where we were talking about how the impact the fall was going to be. And you're essentially going to have the U.S. Open and the next week's going to be the Ryder Cup. And then the Masters is going to be played in November. We were kind of talking about how the consent- condensed season could impact players. And it's such a good problem to have, though. Because if you sit and you think about it, like right now we're, we're just we're, we all want golf. We all want competition. We all want to do what we normally do. And I, I think in this particular scenario, uh, we've all kind of tried and we've worked in recent years to get out of that shadow of football. But we're going to be in the shadow of football and baseball and basketball and everything else whenever sports starts back up. And it's going to be glorious because I think everyone's going to want as much sports as they can possibly get.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's going to yep. matter. Uh, did you get enough of a uh, – did you wet your whistle enough last week? Did you get enough Masters to tide you over till November?
8: I could, and, but, again, I think we're all intrigued by how, how Augusta National could possibly play in November. And I, I, I don't have a clue. And, and, you know, you kind of look back and you, you hear players – I think Jack Johnson had a great interview with USA Today – a couple of days ago about he's been there a couple of times in November and what the golf course could be like. But just the idea, this golf course that we all know and we love and, and we, we could sit in the tight holes and exactly what's happened in those holes is And suddenly we don't know exactly how they're going to play it because it's November and the winds are different, and the grass is different. And thing about the whole scenario seems strange. So I, I just think it's so intriguing to
1: All right. There you go. Uh, it is interesting. uh, the different opinions, Bob, between Rex hogger, Jason Sobel. Uh, I I don't know if it's that, uh, golf channel has a contract with the PGA tour. So he tends to have a more positive spin on it and Jason doesn't, but I, I I don't really see that Rex is always pretty straightforward. So I'm hoping that he is, uh, is more of in, in line with what we're hoping. And I know Jay Monahan's hoping that as well, which is why he threw it out there.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Rex is a great guy. I, I liked his positive slant on it. Um, Jason's a funny guy, man. He's he's great on social media and and uh, all of his puns and that kind of thing. But it, it was just he was a li- he was a little off. He was a little uh, disappointed. Um, didn't didn't quite think that things were going to happen where Rex did. And and you know um, one of the things I take out of this whole thing is yeah, let's let's get started. Let's have golf. Let's get going. Um, but as far as this nineteen twenty season is concerned you know we've only got one major championship and that's the pga championships august 3rd through 9th but guess what the next wraparound season of 20 and 21 we're gonna have six of them and <laughs> i think that is really cool
1: it is gonna be cool and uh, as sobel said uh there in 101 days between the first round of the pga and the final round of the masters you'll have three majors a Ryder cup fedex cup playoffs and a number of uh, events. So, yeah, uh, I guess get ready because uh, it's it's going to come, and uh, at least we hope so, right? I mean, yep. we're, we're all anxious and, and hoping that's the case.
0: There are bag rats, <laughs> and then there are
1: caddies. Baby. Pro
0: jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While well, we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is the
1: caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, the caddy joins us every week right here on Real Golf Radio, and uh, we're pleased to welcome him in as we discuss this uh, new schedule out on the PGA Tour and hope that it happens. Caddy, how are you, man? Checking out the new schedule. Yeah, yeah, what do you think? June 8th, Colonial? Is it going to happen? Uh, June 8th, Colonial. Uh, yeah,
7: I
3: think it's going to happen. No gallery.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, the first four. So basically a month sans spectators. I'm okay. At this point in time, I'll take anything, huh?
7: The first four, you're not going to have to yell four? Is that what you're saying?
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> so like I was telling Bob before, you know, you're going to have – Bob was talking about how the momentum, usually you can feed off the crowd if you get going and things like that. Plus, you can know what guys are doing ahead of you or behind you. And I told him, I said, it's going to be this quiet thing when all of a sudden you're going to hear, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> When somebody makes a birdie.
3: It's going to be a little weird, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. it is. I, I was telling Brian, I played a lot of mini tours in my life with no galleries. And that's kind of what it, it's going to remind me of. Glorified mini tour.
7: But that's okay. It's, it's, I think we need to have, uh, on TV, I want to hear canned music. I want to hear canned There you go.
1: I like
2: that.
7: Do I'm you really? The pipe pipe in the crowd. I want, so I want,
1: produce it for yeah. television is what you're saying. I'm 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 going for the can to plug. Mm. Absolutely. So does that mean the players yeah. are going to have to know that that is happening and just go ahead and give the golf wave or acknowledgement when they make a putt?
2: We're just going to have to mic the caddies and players. Got to. Got to mic the caddies and players.
1: That's way better than piping in crowd noise. That would
2: be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let, I let's, agree. Let's, let's do it. With about a 25-second delay <laughs> with
7: three different proofreaders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know The It'll last some... person
7: The last person who gets to hit the, the mute button Is the caddy's
1: mother Hey really appreciate you for tuning in Every Saturday morning 6 to 9 right here On 1280 The Zone And uh, by the way uh, Before we get out it's time for our Barbecue pit stop moment here Bob and uh, this weekend For me I'll just tell you I'm, I'm firing up the Yoder uh, I've got, uh, I went to the pit stop and got me Some pellets I uh, got me some uh, backup rub. I was starting to get uh, low on a couple of my rubs. So I went and grabbed some of that. And uh, th- this weekend, we, well, last weekend we did tri-tip. This weekend we're going for steaks. Well, I just had
2: my 37th wedding anniversary. Okay. Two nights ago. And I got steaks. I got prime ribeyes mm. And I did a little reverse sear 225 to get them up to about 130 degrees. And then... Reverse seared them for about three or four minutes at 425, and they came out. Absolutely perfect on my Timberline 1300 Traeger.
1: Uh, well, uh, that sounds ama- my mouth is watering right now.
2: They were amazing.
1: If you don't have your uh, outdoor pellet grill, uh, you're missing out for real. I mean, it's a smoker, it's an outdoor grill. It's really a it, it it it'll change your life. Trust me. I went back and forth on whether I should get one for a long time, and then when since I pulled the trigger, my wife has it uh, couldn't be happier. She she will sell it for you. If you wanted to fact, to my wife she would sell you on one of these. It is that good. She reaps the benefits of, of me getting out there and doing some cooking. But uh, you can pick it all at the uh, up at the uh, barbecue pit masters at BBQ Pit stop and barbecuepitstop.com. They got three locations. They're open, they're serving you, and they got what you need from rubs and sauces um, to all your tools, including the pellet smokers, uh, outdoor kitchens and the like at barbecue pit stop and barbecuepitstop.com. All right, thanks to Dave Glauser, our producer. We appreciate all the work that he does. Thanks to you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us every Saturday morning six to nine. Right here on 1280 The Zone and Real Golf Radio. Thanks for listening
0: to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at RealGolfRadio.com. It's been real.